Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. Come on, somebody. Are you awake in church this morning? Is God good? Is he faithful? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Man, I'm excited to be in church today. My name is Will. If we haven't met yet, uh, yes, I am always this excited. So this is nothing new, but I got something even more excited to share with you this morning. Are you ready for it? All right, we've been in this season of giving over the last few months. You've been seeing it, hearing it, talking about it, all the amazing things we've been able to do. In October, we collected blankets, winter, or, you know, blankets for your house. We collected 258 blankets to give out into our community. We have given out 654 brand new pairs of winter boots. Come on, somebody. You smell the laundry smell when you walk into the... Yeah, yeah, November we've been collecting laundry soap and and there's, I don't even know how much is out there. There's a ton out there. And we're giving that away this week as well. But how many of you know we are not done yet. In fact, um, we got these red bags. There's not many of them left, honestly, because we got a generous church. We got these red bags, um, part of our giving tree, and we'll we'll share all the instructions are on it if you have one. Um, But we as a church have committed to uh, helping 200 specific people who have specific needs this Christmas. Now, these aren't like, I just want an Xbox and, and that kind of thing. These are like, this is real. Let me read this to you. This is a, a one-year-old girl who just wants a, a Coco Melon doll, a JJ Coco Melon doll and a Cody Coco Melon doll. Right? Like someone is going to take this bag and go get that, and it is going to be a blessing to a one-year-old little girl this Christmas. There's 18-year-olds who are just like, I just need some socks. I could use a, a, a lunchbox for when I go to work. There's some 60-year-olds plus that, you know, they just need some basic needs. This is not extravagant. This is seeing a need and meeting a need. And as a church, we have committed to helping these 200 people because we know, hey, I I didn't just choose that number. I know that we're a generous church. And and that's what we do in our city. We see a need and we meet a need. And so uh, if you get one of these bags... Uh, I think we might be all done, actually. Uh, they might be all gone at this point. Uh, maybe there's one or two left, I'm not positive, but if you get one, fill it up, bring it over the next few weeks, and all the instructions are on there. There's ways to actually supplement on top of this. You'll see kind of posted to our green wall out in the lobby some gift cards, gift card options. Uh, the, the organization said, hey, people need country fair gift cards and Walmart gift cards to help with gas getting to and from work, to help with, with food as, from Walmart, like those types of things as well. So we're gonna be able to help way more than 200 people this Christmas. It's gonna be amazing. How many of you know it's better to give than it is to receive? That we are called to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. Would you pray with me this morning before we open up God's word? God, we thank you so much for what you're doing in and through this place. God, we thank you, God, that as we open up your word this morning, God, even as we sing out God, of your faithfulness, God, that you would remind us of the goodness, God, that we can live in as we seek you uh, always, God, with all that we are. Father, I pray that as we uh, just bless people in our community, God, it wouldn't just be for nothing, God, but it would be to point them to you. And so, Father, we thank you. 
God, for what you've done to us, God. If you've done nothing more, God, you've done enough. So, Father, we thank you. Father, as we open up your word, would you open up our hearts, God, to be transformed. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you. Would you give me strength? And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Why don't you go ahead, high-five somebody, and go ahead, take a seat. Man, it's so good to see you in the room. Happy Thanksgiving weekend here at Elevate Church. We are in this series called Kingdom Come. And uh, this is part three of a series, and I want to start off by asking you this question. Uh, how many of you have wanted something so bad that you forgot what you had? Like, maybe this is real for you. You're like, I am so excited about getting that Tesla Cybertruck, because I've always wanted a car that was bulletproof, right? Like, that you forgot that you've already got a big, beefy truck. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, maybe there's something that you've had this, this desire for in your life, and you are just like, man, I just want that so bad, and I forgot maybe that you've already had something that's just as comparable. Uh, for my daughter, okay, I have a two-year-old. For context, if you, if you don't know, I have a two-year-old. Like, at any given point, maybe even right now in our kids' area, she is probably asking the kids' team for a waffle. <laughs> like, I have learned as a, a dad that you change diapers, and in my house, you make waffles. Like, that is what you do. Homegirl will eat a waffle at any point in time. She's already eaten dinner. She wants a waffle. Like, what do you want for this? I want a waffle. Like, that's just all she, she wants. And so, you know, we do our morning routine. We do the things, whatever it may be. We, we give her a plate, you know, of, of strawberries because you got to have a good, healthy breakfast, right? Some strawberries, some yogurt, maybe some sausage, whatever it may be. And what does she want? A waffle. So she's like, Dad, I want a waffle. And I'm like, well, I'm a good dad. I give good gifts to my my daughter, and so I'm like, cool, yes. And as soon as I say yes, if I don't magically have a waffle on her plate, how many of you know it is like, duh, game over, like seven times out of 10. She's like, no, what? And she's pointing at the refrigerator. I'm like, I know where it is. I haven't even been able to take a step yet. You just got waffle out of your mouth. And she just wants it so bad, and she, she knows how to be thankful, but what she doesn't know is how to be content content with what she, like, mind you, her plate is full. Mind you, she's got a bowl of yogurt. She's got the straw, she's got food, but she wants something so bad, she misses out on the fact that there's something right in front of her that could satisfy that same need. And I think, man, maybe you, your thing isn't a waffle, but you got a thing. You, you've got something that you want so bad bad, you miss out on what you actually have. It's the word contentment. When you are content with what has been given to you, you can live in a different way. In fact, Paul says, hey, I know the secret of being content. He's like, I know what it's like to have a lot. I know what it's like not to have anything, and I'm just content with what I got. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, this is what I have and it's all that I need. This, this contentment. Paul even instructs Timothy. He says, godliness with contentment is great gain. So I can actually 
be content and have great gain when it's paired with godliness. Are you with me? And so great gain can come from what? Gratitude. Because when I'm just thankful for what I have, I'm content with what I have. And when I'm content with what I have, mixed with godliness, there is great gain. I'll say it this way. True contentment is not as what is in your hand. It's what's in your heart. It's not what you want in your hand, but it's actually what is in your heart. And I'm convinced that nothing Maybe nothing more can, can change the atmosphere of your presence, of your being, and of your life more than gratitude can. I believe truly that gratitude will alter the condition of your heart, and when your heart is transformed, you will live transformed. And so today as we, we talk in this series, you know, last week we talked about the, the battle for for the next generation and students and those that are coming next. Today we're gonna talk about the battle for gratitude. And and the title, if you are taking notes, which all note takers go to heaven faster. (laughs) That might not be true, don't tweet that. The title is Your Secret Weapon. I wanna give you your secret weapon, your secret weapon to your heart, the secret weapon to your, your life, the secret weapon that will transform everything around you is your, your secret weapon. And it's funny, right? Like gratitude is one of those funny things. Like we have a holiday about gratitude. But how quickly does that just get removed out of our lives by the rhythms of our lives? Like we have a day that we are at least like supposed to be thankful for, but it gets overshadowed by Black Friday, by Small Business Saturday, Cyber Monday, Travel Tuesday, Wacky Wednesday, whatever it is you wanna call it, and all of those things, those pressures come in, and we forget that, hey, just a few days ago was a day that is earmarked for being thankful. Like immediately after we get done saying our prayers and the the turkey, the mashed potatoes, the sweet potatoes, the the pretzel salad, come on somebody, like leaves our our lips, we kind of think about what's next. Like I want something, something more. And I don't think it's a coincidence that a holiday marked by thankfulness is actually attacked by entitlement. And we might not wrestle for the TV at at Best Buy anymore or at Walmart. Like, we might not do those things. Man, there's an inward wrestle of wanting more, feeling like we need more in our lives. And can I tell you, we need to fight to maintain gratitude in this season. We need to, to fight for it because there's so much pressure come from the outside world through, through ads and, and this person's doing that and that person's doing this and do I go here, do I, do I go there? And it's all attacking your heart. And we need to, to fight back. And, and let me remind you before we continue on into this season that one day of toys will not build your family culture. But a season of gratitude has the ability to transform generations. That is what we're after, fighting for 
gratitude. If you have your Bible, uh, open it up to Luke chapter 17. If you don't have a Bible, our team would love to get a Bible into your hand before you leave today. Just tell them, no shame in the game. Hey, I just need a Bible. We'd love to get one to you. We believe that God's word is one of the most powerful things that you can physically have in your hands. As you read it and open it up, let it transform you. We would love to give that to you before you leave. Maybe you have your phone, you wanna turn to it that way, totally fine. I'm just a big fan of the paper Bible. I think it's awesome. We're gonna be in Luke chapter 17. Luke, this is the story of Jesus written by Luke who was a physician, shout out to the doctors, and, and wrote down and documented the life of Jesus. Now, Luke wrote this after carefully investigating all the facts about Christ. So if you're like, I'm a facts kind of person, Luke took the time, he's thorough, and he wrote this down. In Luke 17, starting in verse 11, it says this. Now on his way to Jerusalem, uh, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him and they stood at a distance. Now let me pause there for a second. Uh, leprosy is not something that maybe necessarily we as Americans in the United States or what, like here, especially in Erie, we don't necessarily see or have. It's not an issue that we are up against, you know, day in, day out. This is not like the common flu. But leprosy is actually still prevalent in our world today, but it's this disease that would just eat at your flesh, like you'd have these oozing sores and it was very contagious and you could wake up like missing a finger, like you just, there's so many things. And these people, how many of them were there? There were 10 of them that had this disease. It had probably been years since they were touched, hugged, maybe even appreciated. 10 of them. They were the, the outcasts of the outcasts. Shout out to Andre 3000 and Big Boy. Come on, somebody, right? All right, no, not many of you are in the 90s, okay. They couldn't go near people. They had to yell unclean. Under the Levitical law, they had to yell unclean, literally calling out what was going on inside of them. And that's what they do. They're calling out. And it says in verse 13, they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests, which is what they were supposed to do when you were, were, were clean. And it says this, that, as they went, don't miss that, as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan, and Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Don't you love it when Jesus asks questions that he knows the answer to? He goes, where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Okay, let's play this back all together. How many lepers were there? 10. They were all sick, right? They all cried out to God. They all prayed, crying out, have pity on us. How many were healed? How many came back? How many didn't come back? Pretty good at math. Come on, church, let's go. Why does this matter? Let, let, let's look at the nine. Why did the nine not return? 
But they got healed, right? Why didn't they, re- what happened to the one? Why did the nine not return? Let me give you just a few thoughts about that this morning. The first thing I believe they didn't return is because they got what they came for. They got what they came for. First off, Jesus like healed them, right? They were sick. They wanted healed. They got healed. The end. Let me be clear. I don't necessarily blame them for that. Like these guys have probably not seen their families. If they were got like they haven't like they haven't seen families in who knows how long. They were on the outskirts of society. People couldn't go near them. They haven't been loved or hugged or touched. They weren't able to provide for their their family. This healing was a completely life-altering change for them. I think that's why Jesus was so shocked. Like, they all got what they came for, but he was shocked. Like, he changed their life forever, and yet there was no thank you. There, there wasn't even like an acknowledgement of what it was. How often do we do the same thing? How often do we seek this encounter with God and we, we get the feel goods on a Saturday or Sunday and then like we're good, we check the box, we're out. And then when it comes time to need again, we go back to God again, but we didn't thank him for the first time we went to him in the first place. We got what we came for. I'm good, God, let's go. But we don't thank him for what he has has done. We treat God, dare I say, like a cosmic vending machine. Put your two quarters in, get a little bit of hope, and let's go. They got what they came for. Like, think about for us, like we think so small of Jesus. We're like, Jesus, I just, I want a, a, a marriage, But instead, maybe we should be asking, can I have a heart that desires a healthy relationship with somebody who loves you dearly and cherishes me? What would that look like? I I just want a job. What if it was, can I have the ability to honor you and steward every dollar that you've entrusted with me? Maybe we just get so busy asking for things instead of asking for him. Because we don't necessarily understand exactly what he can provide for us. We get what we, we came for. They got what they, they came for. The second thing is that they just wanted what the world could offer. They wanted what the world could offer. They were too busy looking towards what was next to even think about looking backwards to say thank you. So focused on what was next. They were so focused to be ingrained back into the society that had rejected them for who knows how long. They wanted the approval of the people who said, get away. They wanted to be back and invited into the party that they were not invited to for so long, seeking the approval of people who probably could care less about They wanted what the world could offer. And can I say, I get it. Like, I I get it. Like, I've prayed for things. I've prayed for a great wife. I've prayed for a great job and and now in ministry. and, And I've prayed for, like, a great team to be around us. And when Jesus has answered those prayers, I'm just on to the next. 
I'm just on to, like, thank you, maybe. And very rarely am I falling at the feet of Jesus and thanking him for answering the prayer that I just prayed for. Asking and seeking what the world could offer. In fact, Kelsey and I, we, I just had our, I just had the anniversary. We just had an anniversary. <laughs> One of these services, I'll get it right. So had an anniversary a few weeks ago, and every year we ask like kind of the same you know, spot list of questions back and forth with each other over dinner. And, and, uh, but one of the ways we were talking, one of the things kind of came up through that was, was just like, man, we, we want to make sure in my wife's infinite wisdom that we don't get ahead of God. Because oftentimes we'll go hang out with a friend or you know, another couple or a series of couples, whoever it may be, we'll go do something. And they're maybe 5, 10, 15, 20 years maybe older than us. They have totally different life experience and backgrounds and whatever it may be. They don't, they're not in ministry, whatever it could be, or maybe it's family members, who knows? But there's these moments we come back where like, oh, they had that, I want that, and I want that, and I want that, and I'm just so like looking at what maybe could be ahead that sometimes we can get caught up and say, wait, 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 wait. God has given me this though. And the comparison game is real. The comparison game is real. Because I want what the world could offer, and I see them having these amazing lives, and it's like, wait, 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 we can be so focused on what's next that we forget what's now. And we never, maybe not never, but we, we rarely praise for the now, do we? We praise and we pray for what's next. But when it comes and it becomes now, we're, we're kind of just like, well, what's next again? Because I want what I want, and when I want it, and I deserve more, and I want more, and so give me more, and then when I get more, I get more again, and I want more again, because I feel like it's mine and I can be entitled to it. And if we're not careful, we worship more than we worship God. Because we we're just in this fast-paced world, and I just want more. I just want more. I want more to be our God instead of wanting more of our God. And there's a big difference. Can we not forget that godliness with contentment brings great gain? It's more about what's in your heart than what's in your, your hand. Listen, gratitude will turn whatever you have into enough. Whatever it is that you have, if you practice gratitude, it will turn that and to be enough. Listen, the secret weapon to your life, the secret weapon to your family, the secret weapon to wherever it is that you go is gratitude. And it will alter your life. Let, let's look at the one. We looked at the nine. Let's look at the, the one. What is so special about why did he come back? What happened there? What, what did that look like? I'll say this about gratitude. Gratitude speaks up. See, he came back. It says, one of them, when he was healed, verse 15, came back praising God in a loud voice. See, do you notice that before he was asking God in a loud voice, and now he's praising God in a loud voice. You can tell how grateful you are by how quickly your prayer turns into praise. And so if there's a bigger gap, maybe you're less grateful. 
How quickly, and I think it's interesting that he didn't just yell and keep going. See, gratitude speaks up, but gratitude also shows up. Gratitude shows, he, you can't fall at the feet of Jesus if you aren't close to Jesus. Gratitude shows up. He showed up. He wasn't just like, thank you, next. He was like, thank you, I'm here. I'm with you. How do we fall at the feet of Jesus? Let me give you three ways, and there's just a few that I wanna give you this morning. One of the ways we do that is when we serve. We can fall at the feet of Jesus, thanking him for what he has done in our lives when we serve people, when we serve his children, when we serve We put ourselves out there to reach somebody else. We say, God, thank you for what you've done in my life, and I'm now going to bring that out into somebody else's life. I'm going to to serve. It shows us that we love what he loves, that we care about what he cares about. And it alters something inside of us. Ask any of our serve team members. Anybody you see holding a door back in the kids' area, like, hey, what has serving done inside of you? See. See what God has done inside of their heart, how it's changed them. That's why we talk about explore. Like it happens every single week, and I know sometimes that can sound like background noise, but it's because we want something more for you. We want you to experience what those serve team members have experienced. I want you to experience what I have personally experienced when I serve, when I'm out there, holding a door, doing something maybe simple or doing something extravagant. We want that, that for you. We can fall at the feet of Jesus when we show up by, by serving. And also, the second way would be when we give. When we give. Like when we're willing to actually give something up. Not so holding on to, I'm content with what I have, but Lord, if you need it, let's go. I'm willing to give it, give it up, to drop the weight if you were with us last week. To, to finally surrender and let it go. Listen, you can tell your priorities, you can tell what is going on in your life by your calendar and your bank account. You can tell where your, your heart is because it's going to be where your treasure is. Listen, you, what you love, you give to. And you give to what you love. And so you can see that with your calendar, with your bank account. You can see where you're attached to. You can see what has your heart. And listen, when it comes to money, is that not the easiest thing to be entitled to? Because listen, I worked for the raise and I worked for that and I did the overtime and it's my money and I did this and I did that and I did this amazing thing and so they gave me a bonus because I smiled or whatever it may be. But entitlement wants to rob you of the blessing that God wants to give you when you're grateful. Because don't forget, who gave you the ability to do that job? Who who put the the block in your calendar and the wisdom to make that block to be able to stay a little bit later? Who, Who provided for you in the first place? Entitlement will always want to rob you when God just wants you to be able to to be be open. This is why we talk about our Kingdom Builders offering. And listen, this is honestly how I think of it in my mind. Christmas, Easter, Kingdom Builders offering weekend as like a can't miss kind of weekend. 
Why? Because every single person that you watch walk forward. I don't care if you're not gonna give or not. When you are here, you are literally watching somebody fall at the feet of Jesus. When they're believing God for something and they write that down on that envelope and they put that on this platform, they are falling at the feet of Jesus saying, thank you, God, for what you've done. That is what you're going to witness next weekend. It's not just a, oh, they're gonna talk about money and giving, and I'm gonna skip that week, let's go get brunch. No, that is the time to see the faithfulness of God show up through this church in a mighty way. It's, it's not a skip weekend, it's a, I can't wait to be there, I'm gonna be there for all four services weekend. I'm gonna show up early, I don't even know what time the doors open, I will be here at that time. I can't wait to witness the faithfulness of God through this, this place. Listen, entitlement will lock up your heart where gratitude wants to alter it. And it, it looks different when we show up in how we, we serve, we show up in how we give, and we show up in how we live. It's how we live. Listen, our lives and how we live will reflect the level of our gratitude. And dare I say, we all need to level up. We, we all need to level up. You know, I was talking to my daughter earlier. She's two and a half, and so she's learning everything. Like, everything is new, which is awesome. It's really cool. And uh, she brings me joy in all the things she does when she wants waffles or whatever else she's crying out for. Like, all of it is so amazing, and I learn so much. And as I'm, like, watching her, and I'm like, that's so cool. And then people are like, hey, she looks like you or she looks like your mom like or her mom, like blah, 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 back and forth, this whole kind of thing. And all of that excites me up. But you know what excites me the most is when I'm watching her do something, whatever it is that she's doing. And it's one of those moments, parents, you'll, you'll know this. Like when you, you, when I look at Nora and I'm like, there is no doubt she got that from me. Like, that's my favorite thing. You know, like when she does something like that is, that's my girl. And when I see myself in her, it just, oh man. Like, I just want to lose it in that moment. It's amazing. And I've been thinking about that, and I just wonder, does, does God see himself in me? Does God see himself in you? In how you serve, how you give, how you live? Like, are your actions, is he like, oh, he got that for me? Or did he get it from somebody else? I, I just wonder if we took this seriously, how much it would change the things in our life by how we, we live. Our lives a reflection as we represent the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Paul encourages us this way in our lives. In 1 Thessalonians 5:18, he says, Give thanks in all circumstances. Meaning, no matter where you are in your life, what are we to do? Give thanks. Paul, a person who was in prison and was beaten, hey, giving thanks. You read much of, of Paul's letters in the New Testament, it's all thanks, thankful. I'm thankful that this happened. I'm thankful that this happened. I come to you with a thankful heart and thanks, 
giving. And what's interesting is that it says, in all things give thanks, for this is the will of God in your life, Christ Jesus. You wanna operate and understand the will of God? Hey, just give thanks. Give thanks in the circumstance that you are in, not the one you want to be in, not the one that you just were in. Give thanks in the circumstance that you are in right here and right now, no matter what. And when I think about this verse, I think of uh, one of my, my best friends, his, his name's Nate. And uh, right now he's going through it. And uh, you know, I, since, I don't know, six, seven, eight months, I don't really know what the time frame has been, doesn't matter. Going through, through chemotherapy treatments and just conversations that I've had with him and like, he's just, he's just full of joy. Like we, it's a weird thing you do, I guess, with a friend, but like we send pictures back and forth to each other of like when we're drinking a Diet Coke. It's like, his mom hates it, but it's fine. But what's interesting to me is when I sit there next to him as he's getting chemotherapy at the cancer center, like in those moments when, when, when the treatment is happening, he's just got a smile. He's like, I don't know, man, it's gonna be good. Just talking to him this past week, I called him because his appointment was on Wednesday. I wasn't gonna be able to be there. So I shot him a message. I was like, hey man, let's talk. And anyway, so didn't actually end up having treatment. It was kind of a cool blessing, which was awesome. But he's like, hey, you know, I've noticed that in my darkest hour, in the moments when I'm getting treatment, in the moments at night when just my body, I just know is not, this isn't right. I'm just thankful for what the Lord has done in my life. And it's not that Nate was never grateful before. He was one of the most grateful people I know. But this has elevated his level of gratefulness because being humbled by the Lord and saying thank you in the middle of treatment. In all things, we give thanks. You know what I know about Nate? What I know for myself? In fact, what I know about the one leper? It's like, yes, gratitude speaks up. Yes, gratitude shows up. But gratitude will give you more than you ask for. It'll give you more than you, you ask for. You see, in verse 19, it says this. It says, he said to him, this is Jesus, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. The one leper came back loud, thanking God, falling at his feet and he says rise and go your faith has made you well and it's the same word as being made whole so he wasn't just healed he was whole literal translation says your faith has saved you it wasn't what he was seeking he was seeking to be healed he was grateful for what was done and the very son of God declared him saved Gratitude will give you more than you asked for. All 10 were asking for healing. Nine found temporary healing. But one found the one who could give him eternity in paradise. Gratitude altering the heart. Because of 
what he has done in our lives to be thankful for and just say, God, you've done so much. Thank you for the roof over my head. Thank you for, for all these things. Thank you for my family. Thank you for the healing. Thank you, God, for the pain because it makes me rely on you even more. Being grateful, like with, with, with Nate, when I see the gratitude, just it, almost, it literally changes the atmosphere of that entire place. And it fires me up to say, hey, if he can be thankful, why am I not? And I can be thankful when I see somebody in all circumstances giving thanks, grateful for what the Lord is doing. Just stand to your feet with me this morning. As we close, I've asked our band and our team, like, like what better way to talk about gratitude than just to be able to sit in a moment to actually practice it? Like in worship to say, thank you, God. Like his faithfulness and his goodness right here, right now, just to say thank you. Even as we do that, would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? I know that there are those of you that are in this room that I've got two prayers this morning. The first one is for those of you who this Jesus that I'm talking about, you're really coming face to face with the reality that you've never said yes to him. That you've never acknowledged him as Lord and Savior of your life. That what the leper got and what I have and what other people have this relationship with him, you've never even started it by saying yes to him. Saying yes to Jesus does not mean you have all the answers. It does not mean it's all figured out. It doesn't mean it's gonna be amazing in the future. What it does mean is that you're starting this relationship with him and your eternity is paid for. Your sins, past, present, and future are paid for. Why? Because Jesus lived. He served and then he gave his life for you. And he died on the cross. His blood was shed, paying for your sins, past, present, and future. And when he was put in a borrowed grave and came out three days later, it gave us the ability to be a new creation, a resurrected new life that the old is gone, the new has come. Maybe in this moment, you're saying yes to him. I wanna give you some language you can say. The Bible tells us we can we believe it in our hearts, we confess it with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, that by faith, believing in Jesus, we'll be saved. You can say something as simple as this. Say, Jesus, today, I give you my life. I believe that you lived for me. I believe that you died for me, that you risen again to new life for me. Today, Jesus, I confess you as Lord and Savior of my life. And it's from this point forward, I choose to follow you. Thank you for saving me. And it's in your name, Jesus, I pray. As we continue in this moment of prayer and just opportunity to thank God, I pray for all of you, for all of us, God, as we worship you, God, of your faithfulness and of your goodness. God, may we just respond to you, God, falling at your feet in worship. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast. We hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. 
Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it, so please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com yes. There will be some practical resources to help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate, go to elevatechurch.com give. Thank you for living generously. We hope you enjoyed this message. Have a great week.